0: Well, Josh, are you in the house, or is Josh with kids? Josh, when you when you did uh, this morning, by the way, when Josh is walking in, uh, one of his least favorite things to do around here is the welcome, uh, but he does such a great job. Uh, and this morning during the welcome, he prayed a prayer, and I leaned over to Beverly. I said, "He's been he's been listening to me in my quiet time. He was all over today's Sunday morning message, and you'll see more in just a few moments." So, with that in mind, let's pray one more prayer and ask God. To speak to us today, Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that it's bringing forth much fruit in our life, and Lord, we thank you that as we as we open up our hearts to hear what you are saying, Lord, it will bring forth much fruit. And everybody said, "Amen." Now, I want you to do something for me this morning. Turn to two passages of Scripture: Mark chapter four, which is the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soils, and then go to uh, oh, is it First Timothy? First Timothy chapter six. Mark 4, Timothy 6, and I'm going to skip through some of the introductory part that I normally have, and so if there's, I don't think I'll, I'll mess you up too much back there, but we're in the middle of this series, uh, we're growing God's way. Our keynote verse has been Matthew 5, 48. uh, And we're reading it through the message this morning. And so it's a wonderful passage. This is the message. I want everyone to read this with me. Here we go. Are you ready? Read it loud, not just to yourself. Look up here on this screen. Here we go. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Let's start over. And when we get to that grow up, I want you to just almost shout it. Okay. Are you with me? Can you do that? Dana, can you do that? You can shout. You got some shouting this morning? Okay, here we go. Here we go. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. That was fair, but let's keep going. Your kingdom subjects now live like it, live out your God created identity, live generously and graciously towards others. The way God lives toward you. Everybody say grow up. I love it. And so we've been in the middle of this series on growing up and uh, really in April uh, I I really and even before that focused on the right environment for spiritual growth. How many of you know things need the right environment to grow? How many of you know flowers need the right environment to grow? right? If you do, uh, Certain flowers need different environments. I'm not, I, I don't know much, but I realize even with our four, we have one, two, three, four flower, uh, things under the windows. What are they called? What window boxes. window boxes? I have four window boxes and all of them have a different environment and, and I have the same flowers in every environment. And in one window box, the uh, certain flower just didn't make it. It just died. I'm going it wasn't in the right environment because we're giving it all the right water. And some have, money. so wh- Things to grow need the right environment, correct? Flowers need the right environment, and 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 gosh, even fungus needs the right environment. Everything needs the right environment to grow, and that's the same way with us spiritually. And so that's what we've been talking about, and you can go back on our website and, and Facebook and catch up with those things. Uh, but today, I want to talk to you about an important part of spiritual growth, and that is this, guarding your heart. Because, because when things began to grow, they grow on the inside of us, and we've got to guard our heart. In fact, Proverbs four twenty three says, "Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs what the issues of life." Here is what Solomon said: "Guard your heart, keep your heart with all diligence." Everyone say, "With all diligence." For out of it flow the issues of life, and so so it's hugely important that we understand that because all growing things, listen. There's all kinds of enemies that come against things that grow. Dare I give you an illustration? When I was young, I, I love my going to my my. Mom's side of the family, my papa and granny, everybody, anybody got a papa and granny? I had a papa and granny. We would go to Tecumseh, Oklahoma to their house once or twice a year. And I was a little kid like my, like my grandkids are now. And they always, their whole backyard was a garden. There were two great things. There was one great thing about the garden. That was the little horny toads. I love the little horn toads. They're just thick as thieves and we'd catch a little beady ones. They're a lot of fun. But there was one thing I didn't like about my granddaddy grew tomatoes. He loved tomatoes, big tomatoes. And you know what he did you know what he would do to make us. he would give us a bucket and make us go pick those great horned green tomato worms off the plants has anybody ever seen those monsters and for a six year old kid to go and I'm talking about big ooey gooey was a worm. I'm telling you, because those things would get on to those tomatoes. And before you know it, they would devour the tomato plant. I don't know if you've ever tortured your kids or grandkids by that kind of job. But if you're doing that now, stop it right now. I'll come. (laughs) Everything that grows has an enemy. Somebody say that you could tweet that if you wanted, if you're a tweeter, everything that grows has an enemy. Growing things. In fact, I love to do what at the lake. I love to bass fish, and man, I'm lifting it to a whole new level now. I actually ordered four new rod and reels. No, not the reels, just the rods, off the internet, and I got them in a big tube. My wife said, "What'd you pay for those?" I ain't none of your business. I said, "I love to fish, and I love." But years ago. Uh, there was a season at Lake Fork where something happened to the bass. They caught a virus. And it spread through, and, and there was a big fish kill. And this virus was an enemy to growing things. And so there, anything that grows has an enemy. There's nothing, everything that grows. You think about anything that grows, you know, the vegetation world, even our life. How many of you know there's diseases out there that want to hinder our growth and keep us, and that's and the same way spiritually. You got the thought with me? Do you have the thought? Are you in tune with me? Everybody with me this morning? Say amen. Amen. With that in mind, are you in Mark chapter 4? I'm not. So you go there, Mark Mark, chapter four, and I'm not going to hit this parable in total detail, but I'm going to hit one angle of it. It's the parable of the sower and the seed in the soils. Uh, And and we've looked at it a little bit through this series. I want to come back to it. And so you know the story, Jesus taught a parable. He's telling life truths. He's telling spiritual truths by telling a story or giving an illustration. And you understand uh, the parable thought. Uh, It's just a story that gives a higher or more spiritual truth. And so he tells the story and then he gives what the story means. And there's three key elements to the story. The first one is the sower. That's anyone who's preaching the word of God. Uh, uh, you know, the preaching, the, whoever that is, the preacher, G, the sower, there's a sower and the, in the parable, it says the sower went out to do what? So, and so the sower is a huge part. There's people in our life that have been sowers this morning. I'm sowing seed into your, hopefully your heart today. And then not only is there the sower, but there's the seed, which is the what? It's the word of God. Everyone say the word of God. It's the seed. It's God's word. It goes into our heart. In fact, James 1.21 says this about the word. It says, receive the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. You know, so the word goes into our heart. And then there's the third element of this parable. It's the soils. There's different types of soils in this parable and and I, I'm just going to look at one this morning and Josh just jumped on it uh, like a dog on a bone. Anybody ever had another illustration like, I don't know, he jumped on it today in the spirit uh, and so we're going to talk about in just a few moments the thorns that choke the life out of the word of God and so it's important for us to realize in this parable that we see There are a lot of enemies to things that grow. Think about it. There's a lot of things. In fact, this parable, it says in verse 7, as he tells it, and some seed, that's the word of God, remember, fell among thorns. Everyone say among thorns. Some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up. And choked it and it yielded no fruit. I told our graduates this morning, if there was no one else here, this would be for you. Because understand something, one of the biggest fall away rates among age brackets in the world is high school graduates. Because they get out of school, they get out from under mom and daddy's uh, wing and they get out there and they start flapping around and they think, I got it figured out. I don't need nobody to tell me what it's all about. And before long, whatever word that had been sown into their hearts and what is would be sown into their hearts, the thorns come in and choke the word and they become unproductive for God. So for our graduates this morning, you and I need to understand, we need to understand that today is your day to catch the illustration and the Understanding that there's a lot of enemies to things that grow. Growing things have all kinds of enemies. And then Mark 4, he gives the illustration in verse 18 and 19. Jesus said, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. Everyone say among thorns. Come on, everyone say among thorns. The thorns, uh, th- these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. Catch what these three things do. Everyone say, entering in. Say it again. Entering in. Now, let me stop and back up. Remember what's supposed to be entering in in the beginning, the seed. It's about the seed, the word of God. It, it, it enters in the word of God comes. It, you receive it in, <coughs> pardon me, and it's implanted within you and it saves you, delivers you, heals you and makes you whole. It's the word of God. So here we've got some thorns that are in the world. Everyone say among thorns. We have thorns that enter in realize this because who's the soil we're the soil our life's the soil he's talking about us today look at your neighbors he's talking about you this morning and then you look at him he's talking about you too come on say it tell somebody he's talking about you too he's talking about us he's talking about our lives and the importance of being productive for him Talking about mamas and daddies, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, grandpa, grandma. All of us have a responsibility to guard our hearts and keep these three things from entering in and choking. Now, catch this. You know what these three things do? They don't choke the life out of you. Well, in a, in, from us, they're not here. Did you know these thorns? Everyone say among thorns. Do you know these thorns are not after you? Well, that ain't the way I feel. You know what these thorns are after? They choke the word. These thorns don't care about you, but they do care. If the word gets in you, they know they're in serious trouble. So understand something. There is a there is an onslaught. There is an enemy to growing things. And when you receive the word of God and you begin to grow, these enemies try to rise up. And what do they try to do? Choke not you. Choke the word in you. Because they know if they get the word in you, they got you. You with me? Say amen. Now, there's three of them. Let me identify them quickly. Everyone say among thorns. There's three. It says the cares of this world. But really, when you look at that word cares, it's the distractions of this world. Distractions. Did you know this world? How many of you are easily distracted? I won't name anybody, but they're sitting on the front row in blue. Here's my wife's mo. If I say something, her brain fires off a thought about what I'm saying, and the next thing I say, she's not listening because she's thinking about that thing. You can't control it. And she said, "You're right. You can't control it, can you, Nate? No, you can't control it. It's like I just want to say something, and then her brain fires off a man, and she's in another planet somewhere with something else, and I'm like, I. I, I Now, from a more spiritual standpoint, but I thought that was a great illustration. There are things in this life that distract us away from the word of God in our life. Hunter, listen, there's a thousand and one things that will distract you away from the foundation of God's word in your life. Gwendolyn, there's a hundred and one. We're a living among thorns. And they're not after you, they're after the word of God in you. And 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 it's it's distractions in this world. In fact, John said this in First John chapter 2. All Don't love the world. Everybody say, don't love the world. I'm not talking about people. people. We love, you know, we love the world. But we love people in the world. But the world, he said, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If you know one loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of thy, and the pride of life, these are of the world don't love the world. What's John saying? Don't let these things distract you. They will distract you. They will cause you to move away from the from the foundation of God's word in your life. And so they can have their way with you and choke the word of God out of your life. And you become inefficient, ineffective, and unproductive for God. whoo we may be here a while. I'm pretty fired up. Distractions of this world. Number two, the second, uh, uh, thorn, if you will, is the deceitfulness of riches. Riches are deceitful in fact, Paul uh, addresses this uh, in first Timothy. you can we'll go there in a moment, but he talks about uh, how you the, the, the riches of this life how many of you appreciate all the in fact the Bible says it gives us all good things to enjoy amen and, and in fact, another passage I can't give you it, it, give it to you, but it just popped in my head uh, is that uh, you know money is the answer to all things now. Of course, the context, not the answer to eternal life and all those things, but how many of you know life seems to go better when you got a little money? And how many of you know life seems to go a little better when you got a lot more money? In fact, our two guys in Mexico, Manuel and Antonio, great guys. They work real hard. They make all, we, we pay their salary while they're there, which is, by the way, is about guys working like what I call borrowed mules. They make about a hundred and thirty to fifty dollars a week. Okay, working like barred mules. Uh, most of us make that in about an hour and a half. Okay, they make it in a day. It takes them a day or or a week. Pardon me. They work hard, and and our and we tr- and we bless them when we leave. We give them a tip. When we leave a propina, how many of you appreciate propina? That's a tip. We give them a tip. Well, our guys that went, the Will, the, the Whitley family, they blessed them so good. I was afraid they'd take off for the next three weeks. And, and I was a little nervous. You give, I think they gave them like two, two more or three more weeks, uh, each of, of salary. And they didn't realize it. They went, Oh, gracias, senor, and put it. I thought when they got home, whoo, I bet they, hallelujah. Everybody, hey, how many of you love it when a windfall comes? But understand something about things you and I need to realize if we're not careful. Money and resources. That Hey, God gives this to us. He wants to bless us with more money. Tell your neighbor, God wants to bless you with more money. And if you don't receive that, when he does, you can just give it to me because I'll take it. I'm like Jimmy, I'll take all you give me. Come on now. We all like it, but understand something about money and resources—they are deceitful, and they will trick. It will trick you. And and here's what we need to realize about those things: uh, that uh, hey, when we start looking at the at the at the gift rather than the giver, we're in serious trouble. Jesus taught us that we've got to be careful about being covetous. He said in Luke chapter 12, I'll try to quote it. He said, "You need to don't covet, don't covet after more stuff." But here's what most people do: they get. stuff and, and something about getting stuff just makes you want more stuff, right? Am I with you? Oh, I love this stuff. I'll just, if, I, if I just had this, I'd be happy. Then you get this and you go, ooh, you know, if, now if I just got that, I'd be more happy. And how many of you know that, that money and stuff will not make you happy? It's deceitful. Are you with me? It'll deceive you. And Jesus said, you can't be covetous because life does not consist. Listen to me. Life, growth, productivity, blessing does not consist in the abundance of things that we possess. Are you with me amen? So it's a thorn. Everyone say among thorns. See, we're living among thorns, distractions of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and then desires for other things. Everyone say desires for other things. And this word desire it, in in scriptures. He, either both positive or negative most most uh context it's negative it's about lust and desires for things that are unhealthy or unholy in your life and these things come and what do they do do they choke you no they choke the word in you i know people that are pushing the envelope they're pushing the envelope with these thorns they think we're among thorns we can fellowship with thorns we can hang out with the thorns we can embrace the thorns we can let them in a little bit as long as they don't choke us too much and we We compromise and and, kind of, you know, get get by with this and by that. And all the while, we're choking the life right out of us. And we become unproductive. So, all growing things have what? Have enemies. Because we live among thorns. And if we let these things in, they'll choke the life out of us. The process is slow. And many times undetected until this, oh, I don't know if I can say this. The asphyxiating effects of the thorns become deadly. There's a game. We even played it. I don't know. They call it a game. We did it when I was in high school. They, they had a way of making you pass out. By, I don't know. And it was a method of temporary asphyxiation. You would lose oxygen to the brain and you go, they did that at one kid and gym, we were in the gym. Just put, and this kid went down and had a seizure, scared the wajibis out of me. And I realized, don't mess with things that'll choke the life out of it. In fact, I saw on on the news that some kids were playing this and one little boy lost his life because they thought they could play with things that choked the life out of it. You can't play around with the thorns that are designed by this world and by the enemy of our soul to choke the word and cause us to become unproductive and unfruitful. See, that's what we're talking about, growing God's way. People who are gonna grow God's way understand that everything that grows has enemies that are designed to choke the life right out of us. Now this morning, I know it's close to closing time, but I gotta go to First Timothy chapter six for a moment go with me. I'll shoot through these pretty quick, but it'll be up to you to really digest it more later. Paul wants Timothy. He understands, uh, the the needs, uh, of Timothy's life and the needs for all of us in reality. And in a sense graduates, this is this first and second Timothy are, are, Timothy's graduation uh, ceremony, if you will. He's moving to a place of receiving the baton of leadership. And Paul has given him this graduation message in these two two letters. And because he's about to Ixne, he's about to uh, vamonos. My Spanish is terrible. He's about to leave this place. And he's given Timothy everything he needs, uh, hopefully, to help him uh, in his life. And the he ends this letter in First Timothy chapter 6. Look what he says. Says in verse 20, Oh, Timothy exclamation point. Oh, Hunter exclamation. Oh, Gwendolyn exclamation point. Oh, faith. And all of us together, guard what was committed to your trust. Everyone say guard. You got to guard your hearts from these thorns. That are designed by the devil, designed by this world to choke the life of God's Word right out of your heart. Let me just stop. We're going to close in a second. I'm going to give you seven uh, big deliberate directives from Paul to Timothy. And you better write them down or take a picture because we're going to hit them fast. Listen, I'm going to stop for just a second. There are people that are playing among the thorns. You better be careful. I'm warning you today. Some people think, well, is is it okay? It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. You can do this. You can do that. God understands. Everybody's, you know what they're doing? Playing in the thorns. Come on now. All the while, we've convinced ourselves that it's okay. This is okay. That's okay. That's okay. This everybody's doing it. I can be this, that way, and the other. And and all the while, you're in the middle of thorns, and you've let it in. I mean, that's what Jesus said. When these things enter in, are choking the word of God in your heart. Here we go. Paul gives seven deliberate directives to his graduate Timothy. Here, the first one is be content. Everyone say be content. 1 Timothy 6, really 6 through 8, he, he's talking about being content with such things as you have, not in, in reference really even to resources, but understand this. Uh, we should never be complacent, but we should be content. Paul said this in Philippians 4. He said, listen, I've learned to be content in whatever state I am, whether I've got an abundance or a lack, I've learned to be content. How many of you know being content has nothing to do with your checkbook? Listen... There are people, I love Mexico, and some of them are complacent. It's just like here, but it's more profound there. Some people are complacent with where they are. They're complacent with trash all over their front yard and junk in their front yard. You say, well, they don't have much money. It doesn't take anything to pick up trash. Come on, they're just complacent with how things look. And then there are others that even though they don't have any more money, they are content in life and they clean it up and they take care of it and they treasure what they do have. It's the same way here. And Paul tells Timothy, Listen, you got to guard your heart and you better learn in this life to be content with what God gives you. That's a deliberate directive towards guarding your heart because if you're not content, it's like, here's what Proverbs says, the heart of man or the eyes of man are never satisfied. So he's teaching him the necessity to be content. Number two, he's, he teaches him, uh, in order to guard his heart, some things you got to flee. Look in verse 11. But you, old oh man of God, flee these things. He's talking about the love of money and all kinds of evil things and things that come and, and, and tempt us and snare us and, and drag us down and choke the word of God out of our heart. He said, but you, oh man, flee these things. Everyone say, flee. Run from it. Don't play around. What are the old thing? Play with fire. Don't expect. Them. You ever heard your daddy or mama say that? Play around with fire, you're going to get burned. If you play around with thorns, the word's going to get choked. Flee these things. And then number three. The third deliberate directive is pursue, same verse, but you, old man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. He hits it again in 2 Timothy 2.22 about fleeing and pursuing. He gets both letters. He knows these are big. You better learn to flee some things, and you better learn to pursue some things, and they go tandem. They're hand in hand. You're not just fleeing from things. You're pursuing after God and all his kingdom purposes, and for our graduates this morning, on things that you've been pursuing in life, and you've accomplished the graduation of high school, and now whether whatever your plans are, you're thinking, "What do I need to pursue now?" Let me just get it all straight for you this morning. All of us here today, the first priority of life is pr- pursue after righteousness, faith, love, and peace. As Second Timothy two twenty two says, "Without such, uh, we're in trouble." Are you with me? Everyone say, "Flee!" Everyone say, "Pursue!" Look at number four, verse 12, fight. Everyone say fight. Fight the good fight of faith. In fact, this word fight has to do with the struggle, with the with the battle. Uh, really, it even can can hint to the fact of a race, an endurance race. How many of you ever run a race of endurance? I'm telling you, as a high school kid, they told me, yeah, we're going to run cross country. I said, I don't do that. Well, everybody does. You're all going to have a cross country race. And, and my coach would tell me, it's okay, Sam, you just run a while. After a while, you'll get your second win. That never hit me one time. It never hit me the second wind. I don't know what it is. You may know. I don't know. But, uh, the second wind, I never got it. Uh, and, and I, in, in these, this race of life and, in this fight of faith, it's a struggle. There's a struggle. Listen, it, nothing comes free in this life. Spiritual growth doesn't come without a struggle. And if you're going to guard your heart, you got to realize there's some things you got to stand up against. Some things that you've got to be strong against and fight the good fight of faith. That means faith helps you win the victory every time. As John said in 1 John, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. There's a fight. Number five deliberate director from Paul to Timothy on graduation day was obey. Look in verse 14. He said that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. He's 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 ex, putting an exclamation point on the necessity of living an obedient life to the command of God on our life. Listen, all of us have the command of God on our life and understand this, I know it's late, but let me just say this to you. The word of God has many things that are not suggestions. They're the command of God on our life. And it's just like when I taught my kids, even before there were buckle up laws, they would be standing up in the back. I'd say, sit down. They'd stand up, sit down. Why do I want them to sit down and buckle up? Oh, they're just, daddy's being an old uh, geezer. He just robbing us of our fun. No, daddy loved them enough to give them a command that would protect them in times of trouble. And that's the command of God over our life. Paul tells Timothy on graduation day, he says this, you better keep these commands and you hang on to them till I come again. They'll protect you, guard you, keep you from the thorns that come to choke the word out of you. Then, verse, our number six, deliberate directive, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That we trust here. Hey, here's here's uh, guard your heart, deliberate directive number six or five, whichever one, five, six. You've got to trust Him in the good times and the bad times. He gives you all good things to enjoy, but you've got to trust Him. Put your trust in Him and not in the uncertainty of riches. Whew. That'll guard your heart. And then number 7 avoid look at look what he says in verse 20 guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. And I should have had a number eight because it's, oh no, I'll I'll end there. (laughs) Avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Man, there's a, you can do a Bible study on that verse right there and what all that means. But let me just throw this out to you. This could be obvious to some, but for those those who've been enjoying the thorns, maybe not understand because the thorns can be deceptive. The thorns can be distractive. The thorns are certainly destructive and the thorns are certainly uh, uh, will lure us away and cause us to do things that are stupid and, and wrong. Understand this. Some may not catch this, but there are things in this life you just need to avoid. Everybody say amen. If you're going to grow God's way, you better guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Let's stand. I pray today that this word didn't go on shallow soil. This word didn't go, uh, you know. I, I pray that the thorns weren't so prevalent in your life that they're already choking it, I pray today. And let me just say, if you got a little offended today when I got a little close, you know what? That's probably a good thing. That just reveals to you today that there may be some thorns that are trying to choke what I'm telling you today. Father, today we thank you for the Word of God. Lord, we know there for everything that grows, there's an enemy that has an asphyxiating effect on the Word of God in our life. Lord, Your Word is precious, more precious, more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold. We pray today that You would help us in this growth process to realize that with everything that grows, there's an enemy that has come to choke the life out of. Lord, let us today guard our hearts from the effects and influence of the distractions of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for things that are not healthy, holy, and good. Lord, though we live among thorns, let us not be affected by the thorn. Right now as we close, the conviction of God is in this room. The light of God is shining in our hearts, thank goodness. Showing us places where we've allowed the thorns an inroad. Where those thorns are choking God's Word. Lord, right now, shine on our hearts and help us even as Josh prayed this morning to resist and reject the influence of the thorn in our life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let me just tell you, today was and is a day of direction and destiny for us, this could be the turning point of spiritual growth when we begin to guard our hearts like never before. God bless you, I love you today. you've been a great you've been great next Sunday. Be back. Anything else we need, look at your bulletin uh, and uh, hey, uh, God bless you, have a great. love somebody before you go. Hug a neck, shake a hand. And for you that are guests today, come see us again. We're glad you're here. God bless, have a great day